All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are here with me, Jermaine Jackson. We are here for another installment of Covenant Conversations. I have a very special guest with me on today, somebody that I believe is going to bless you in this interview, and I believe it is a young man that you all um, need to know. But before we introduce him, as we always do, it is our custom here at Covenant Conversations to have a word of prayer. So I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer, and we're going to jump into our interview. Father, we praise you. We magnify you. We thank you for this very day. Father, thank you for giving us health and strength and just allowing us to be here. And God, we acknowledge you in all of our ways, and we're asking you to direct each and every one of our paths. Lord, we're asking and praying that as we go into this interview, God, that it would be life-changing for someone, Lord, that it would encourage them, Lord, that it would inspire them and uplift them in the name of Jesus. And in all that we do, God, my prayer is that you will be glorified and that you will be magnified. So thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to esteem someone else higher than myself, oh God. And I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I truly give an honor to God who has my life. Thank God for being saved, sanctified, filled with precious Holy Ghost. Let's get into this interview. I have with me everyone, Nate, let, let me put something different on that, the incomparable Nate Martin. He is the originator, the creator of Nate Martin and Sign Singing in God's Name. Brother Nate, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So I don't want to belay the time. Many of you may have heard his music. If I could just run down a quick track record, he comes to us by way of, if I'm correct, a graduate of Marion High School. He is a soon-to-be graduate of Columbia College. Amen. Thanking God for that. Nate Martin and Sign, 2019 Sign Language Live. One of his first albums came out with the single, Magnificent. Hopefully, many of you have heard it. If you are not, I need you to go stream this young man's music and his group, Nate Martin and Sign. 2021 was the five-year anniversary of Nate Martin and Sign. He put out the Praise the Lord live anniversary to celebrate. Wonderful recording. Then 2022, he came out with the recording of King of the Wild. If you were not a part of that live recording, you missed a treat. Him and his group totally rocked the house. All the guests that they had, it was a wonderful time in the Lord. So I just want to quickly, this is not someone that I consider to be a beginner. Amen. He is a member of Fellowship Chicago Church. Amen. Many of us know who was their former pastor. He is now pastor emeritus, Dr. Charles Jenkins. Um, we're going to ask him some questions about that. A lot of times when I see this young man sing and perform, he truly reminds me of him. So I am sure he has influenced him in so many ways. So I just wanted to let you know that even though this is a very young man, he has yet a lot of impact in the gospel music community. So, Brother Nate, as we begin to go into this interview, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your upbringing, where you came up from, family, whatever you want to touch on. We just want to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to you know, be on here and uh, share. I think it's necessary, um, especially for younger people to see other younger people, you know, living for God and, and doing things like this. So thank you for your platform. Yeah, um, sure. But I would say a little bit about me starting up. Um, I grew up in church my whole life surrounded church. I was at Bible study, Sunday school, children's church, and all the other good stuff. Um, I grew up at Evangelist of Crusaders Church of God in Christ on uh, 91st Cottage Grove. Um, I was in the choir there, youth choir, of course, Sunshine Band, anything musically, a uh, praise team. Sometimes I would play, sometimes I would sing. So that's really where I um, got my first opportunities to really be involved in music, I want to say professionally. Um, I started taking professional music lessons uh, at the age of five at the Blue Island School of Music. I started with piano first, then I added on voice some years later after that. Um, eventually, I, uh, of course, went to high school at Marion, where I also was in the high school choir and the gospel choir. Um, while I was at Marion, I joined Fellowship Baptist Church under uh, Pastor Charles Jenkins. And um, I'm still there now, and I'm at Columbia College. Uh, also, while I was at Marion, I want to go back a little bit. Uh, in 2016, I started the group Nate Martin and Sign with a few students from Marion and uh, some outside friends, one of my cousins as well. And seven years later, we're still here. So, yep. Wonderful. Thank you, sir, for that quick little touch into your background. Now, uh, as you were sitting there talking about the way you grew up in church, um, it definitely reminds me of the way that I grew up. Uh, everything. Choir, 
band, uh, Sunshine Band. When you said Sunshine Band, I was like, man, you don't even hear those words too much in church yeah. no more. But I, I had to do all of that. I was in a choir. I was a drummer. I was in band in school. So, uh, but a lot of times growing up in church like that, sometimes as young people, back in that day, we didn't have a choice. You was going to do something. Even if you ain't wanted to do it, you was going to sing. They might have made you learn an instrument. But that may not, that doesn't mean that that was your passion for, for music. So with you going to Marion, being in the choir, going to Columbia, going to school for music, music is obviously your passion. You said you had professional training, voice, and uh, musically you started at, at the age of five. So my question to you is, when did you just fall in love with music? When did you know that this is something that's just not, nobody's making me do it, I'm not just learning this, like I really enjoy music because a lot of things we're going to get to the gospel aspect of it but especially going to school for music you learn so many different genres and techniques and stuff that may not fall into gospel and a lot of different music all sample off of one another but when did you just fall in love with music to where it became like a passion of yours um i would say as early as i can really remember um but i would say really and I really, really knew is when, you know, like I said, I started formal piano lessons at the age of five. So that's kind of like the time where kids are really trying to figure out what exactly, you know, they like and what they don't like. I think those are very important or pivotal years, especially, you know, getting up into those high school years as well. Um, trying to figure out what your career is going to be once you graduate from high school. Um, and when my parents would also try to put me in sports or things like that, and I was like, yeah, I just want to go back to piano lessons. That's when I was kind of like, when I really knew that it was going to be music for me. Though I, um, although I loved, you know, um, playing sports and stuff at the time, it just, it didn't equate to the feeling that came from also doing music as well. So I would say around those times when my mom was trying to put me in, and she tried to put me in other instruments and stuff too, but once they had got me hooked on, you know, singing and piano at a very early age, and I was that's what I was really growing up around, you know, my Sundays, my week um, would surround, you know, being in church all the time. And I wanted to sing like the people that I was hearing. I wanted to play like the people I was hearing. So I would say that, that was really the time um, that I realized that, that music was it for me. Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. So now, so now we found out when you fell in love with music, and my follow-up question is, going to be why gospel music the reason i ask this question people will look at your life and your background you grew up in church played in church sang in church even though you do know other genres other different music but you look at a lot of the as we would say secular artists and when you begin to trace their background it started in church and i know you're a very young man you're still blossoming as an artist still being known as all of the wonderful things that you have achieved so far why is it still gospel music up to this point in your life because we know the world we live in i'm sure there could be offers that come would you want to try something else uh the temptation of thoughts could easily be out there that i got all this musical knowledge i could easily go to some other avenues and maybe even get more success maybe even gain money i know those thoughts uh many just music artists i talk to have either been in the secular world they came out and went to gospel they're in gospel, but they've been tempted, have had offers and um, opportunities to go in to other genres of music. Why is it that you continue to stick specifically with gospel music? First and foremost, I will say I stick with gospel music just because, like you said, I've um, had to sing some of those other genres before, but there's a feeling that comes with singing gospel music. Um, it reminds me of, you know, growing up and being in church, um, being able to share, you know, my faith and connecting my faith with my passion at the same time. Um, I was talking to, I actually was speaking at Marion's uh, career day the other day and one of the kids was asking me about it. And I was just like, um, even though it's my career and, you know, my passion as well, but I was saying it's more important to focus on the calling side and not really, you know, I also know the business, but balancing career and calling, like when you know it's your calling, it's not hard really make that your career so um knowing that it was supposed to be gospel you know or sticking in gospel isn't really hard for me and then because i started so young i was able to make some of those connections um with the people that i needed to really connect with to make my career you know what it is today and even i'm still making those connections to advance um 
So the Lord has just kind of laid it all out for me to do gospel, um, even though I might have, you know, other opportunities. Um, he's just making it real except like it's like the path is being laid out. So it's just like, I mean, why would you even try to, you know, do something else at this point? So, yeah. Okay, great. And I like how you put that in there. So now I got to something you said is going to make me go to a question I was trying to hold till later when you talked about your calling. And how you said you went back to your uh, former high school and spoke to the uh, children. I also seen the post that you made on social media when you went to Salk School. And I saw the video where they performed one of the songs off of your album, their choir did. If we could just take a quick pit stop here, you talk about your calling. Because when you say that, that means it's more than just you performing music. It's more than you just creating songs. There's, a, there's almost ministry there. There's more that God has for you to do. But the music is almost like not that it's not impactful, not that it's not the feeling, but there's something more that you have to do that's past the music. How important was it for you when you got to go back to your high school, go back to Salt, even seeing a choir perform one of your songs off your album and you being able to now go back and talk to those children? What did that mean to like what type of impact did that have for you? Like, did you see start seeing even like more of the vision of wow, God, you're doing something past my music? that maybe you didn't even expect but being there and having that opportunity what did that mean to you um it meant a lot i will say going back to how i kind of operate in the group uh, over the past few years we usually have our meeting for the vision i always have a meeting with everybody for the vision for the next year around november um last year this past november we were you know getting ready for tour and that's kind of where my mind was at and i we did not have a vision meeting so when I was coming back in January, you know, I was praying and fasting. Um, I was trying to get one before the year was out, a vision to them for what we would do this year. And I wasn't getting anything. I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, what's going on? What's what's it going to be for this year? Usually, you know, we have a big concert or whatever, you know, that takes time to prepare. And when I got back, I think I fasted for maybe two weeks um, and was praying, you know, like just for answers and direction. And it, it was just pretty much laid out to me that this year was just going to be, you know, more so ministry wise. Um, and even with the event that we did at the zoo last year, um, I've just, I've always been in that mindset of getting outside the box. A lot of people won't come to church. So I think it is our job to bring, you know, our faith to people outside of church for whatever reason, some people just will never, you know, come into the four walls of the church or maybe by, by hurt or, you know, they just things that they experienced or heard. Um, so I, I definitely knew, um, I even wrote some down in my phone that I heard the Lord say to me about, um, you know, us getting out more outside of church. And even if it's not singing, like you said, um, schools clearly are becoming one of those things that I'm actually really enjoying, uh, you know, to do. I don't know if that's going towards like student ministry or something or young adult ministry, but um, it, it just meant everything, you know, to be able to do that and talk to the kids, um, even people our age, be that example. Because um, like I said, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people won't be won't come to church. They have never some people have never been to church. Um, when I ask the kids at at Salk Elementary, a lot of them, you know, they don't go to church. They haven't been to church. Their their parents don't take them to church. Which, wow. even though I'm still young, um, growing up, everybody I knew their parents made them go to church. So it was kind of like okay, um, like you said, we didn't really have a choice. So it was, it's definitely a great um opportunity and experience, even to just connect with them on a real level. A lot of people our age. Um, even if they do come to church, it's hard to have a conversation with them just because, you know, the pastor's preaching and we're taking it in. But there's never really a chance for a conversation with a group of young adults or kids or even, you know, middle aged people. Hey, how's your day going? What's going on, you know, in your life? How can you know how, how can you apply faith to that um, just to make sure, you know, that people are really understanding what's happening in church or or regarding the faith or whatever. So I'm enjoying it. Um, I. I won't say that I'm enjoying it more than doing the singing, but they're they're pretty much <laughs> neck and neck right now. Like I'm I'm really enjoying speaking to them and and going to a school. Um, actually, Sock Elementary came from like you said they were singing one of our songs in their winter concert, and a few weeks after I came back, I was like, um, I reached out to the teacher. I was like, we have to come meet them and you know talk to them. So it's just like I said, every other path is just being laid out. It was it's really unreal because. We're not just getting started, but I know that we're still in the beginning stage of the group, even though we've done so much in, you know, seven years, which is a long time for a group uh, these days. It is rather. 
Um, however, I just I, I think it's amazing, and, and it's I can't wait to see what the rest of the year is going to be as well. Thank you, sir. And, and I think it was so important what you not only I think you no, know, it is important um, what you just said. And, and before I get to that, I forgot to give this young man one of his accolades. His group went on an international tour across Europe. Um, which was an awesome tour. If you go to his YouTube, you can hit, listen to some of the songs they performed live from that tour. So forgive me, sir, for forgetting to put that oh, on your resume. Right. That, that was powerful, sir, to see that happen, that opportunity for you young people in your group. So just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Thank but you. when you were speaking about being at the schools and you mentioned the children that don't go to church, the parents don't push them to go have them go, and we know the Bible begins to speak to us where it says there arose a generation that knew not God. And every time I hear someone your age, I think what you're 21, we're going to be 22. Yes. Okay. So very young man. And to be doing what you're doing for God, acknowledging God in your life, it's always a blessing to me. I'm 41 and I have a son at 17 and he he knows his dad is a preacher. I grew up in church. I raised him in church, but he's always asked me, dad, am I going to, preach like you would be in church. And I said, son, my, my goal for you is just to be saved, that you acknowledge God and everything that you do. Because I said, your life, you are the church. You may not be in the physical building, like, but you are the church. And I pray that God give you opportunities to go places where the pulpit can't go, where some people may not never come inside the building, but you can carry the gospel message everywhere you go. So my goal is that you will know Christ for yourself. You will know God for yourself. And he can open doors for you to go places and come back to our community, come back to your high school. And you may touch a generation, <clears throat> excuse me, that I may never reach. That's the goal, ultimately, because we all just can't sit inside the physical building. Because there are generations that are coming up and, and you just hit this uh, nail on the head that Salk School, I think, is from fourth to sixth grade, maybe, of kids are saying mm -hmm. we ain't going to church, but we have this connection to God through music. And to have you go there and speak to them and talk about faith in God. And, and like you said, you prefer to sing, but it's another connection there because you might be the only Jesus that these kids see for a while. You you might be the only one that talks to them about the, the faith in God and that you may be the only one to acknowledge God in all your ways. That the reason I'm doing this is, yeah, I went to school. I've had training, but it's because I was brought up in church. It's God that has laid all this foundation out for me. So that is so powerful because some of the pastors and preachers and those we are under we may not get to talk to those kids but thank god you were raised up in church because now god has you going out as the bible tells us to go and see all the world and preach the gospel this is what this is about and and, and I, i'll thank god that you highlighted that because i believe people need to hear that that he, he even though that we have this generation that is rising up that may not know god he has some remnants in the land he has some young people that can reach young people. See, you 21, I'm 41. I love working with young people, but you are more <laughs> attached to the next generation. And we need more young men and young women like you who are willing to go into the school system, go into the communities, go into the district. Because when they see you, like, you know, I I'm sure we dress a lot differently, but you look more like somebody they want to talk to. And when you come with the message of Christ through your music, through your message, that is so impactful. So thank you for sharing all of that because it, it meant a lot just to hear that and when the impact that you're making. I believe those children were blessed um, by your presence. And hopefully now them kids may run home. Mom, dad, I want to go to church. I met yeah. Nate, the guy we be singing with. I, I met him and I seen him. So now these kids are, are going to be inspired to want to do more for God. So, sir, I, I thank God for whatever doors he's opening for you and allowing you to reach even more of the youth and next generation. Thank you. And to also like put a pinpoint in what you said, I always tell them everybody's like, you know, they think I'm gonna be a preacher or whatever, which I'm not opposed to it. But I haven't heard that calling yet. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm open to whatever he wants to do. But I always tell them, uh, including my group members, like we're if we, you know, like you said, some people are not meant to preach from the pulpit. And I always consider church to be like headquarters where everybody we're all employees that come to headquarters every Sunday. But it's our job to work and go out from the headquarters, you know the rest of the week um or whatever and and i always use this um expression that we learned in school preaching from the pulpit of our lives and i just i love that so much like and like you said some people will never i don't want to say never but it's easier to talk to somebody that may not have that minister or pastor or uh, preacher title 
Um, and I'm not hung up on, you know, titles. But I know I am not, you know, formally mm-hmm. maybe called a minister of music. But anybody who's operating in music ministry is a minister of music or minister in music. And um, yes. yeah, I just want to say I'm big on preaching from the from the pulpit of my life um, and going out to those areas that that some, you know, pastors, they do a great job. Preachers do a great job. But it, it's, it's more of us than there are of, of pastors and, and preachers and stuff. So I just think that, you know, it's really up to us to reach more people that that our pastors can't absolutely and as you talk about um reaching others because you mentioned in 2016 that that's when you formed the group sign with uh some friends from school your cousin now in 2016 seven years ago so you was only about 15 years old yeah <laughs> and and you were led to start now 15 years old you already in church plan you going to school you know that's about your sophomore year you got a lot of teenager stuff going on what it helped me understand because i know when i was 15 i wasn't thinking about forming no girl i was thinking about me sports having fun being in school minding my business and i was in church playing drums singing um was a part of a group with two friends of mine but it was only two you sir had a whole group you have to give the parts you have to create the music we're going to touch on your creative process in, in a little bit, but okay. how would 15, what led you to say, I'm going to put a whole group together? Um, I've always wanted to do it. Um, I love, you know, traditional gospel music as well as contemporary. So I've always watched, you know, older groups as well as contemporary groups. And um, there was a, actually at my old church, they were doing a youth convention and they wanted, you know, a group to do praise and worship. So um, I was like, well, this is my moment to put one together. And although it was for that, I knew that it was going to be, you know, more than that, uh, just for that event that summer um, of 2016. And um, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to do it. So, you know, I, I was big on and I'm still big on, you know, my group would tell you whatever I say I'm going to do as crazy or as big as it may seem or as expensive as it may seem, I'm going to do it. Like when I told them I was going to have a concert, they were just kind of like, okay, but no, like in a few weeks I had the plan rolled out. I had the venue booked and everything. They were like, you always do what you say you're going to do. But uh, being at that young age, I will also say it's a little difficult for your friends that may not uh, be in church or as involved in ministry to understand, um, you know, what mm-hmm. you're doing. I, I really, I remember particularly there was one event. Uh, they probably don't even remember this in 20, 17 or 2018 i want to say i was in high school and there was i missed homecoming because there was a um an event a benefit concert they were doing a gospel concert for a young man that had uh cancer at the time and i was just like you know i had to go so i I missed homecoming i think i want to say maybe not just that time maybe two years in a row i think only went to maybe one or two homecomings in a high school so you know it was just always important to me to to do what I, i knew was right even now um so yeah, it wasn't really hard, you know, <laughs> but um, that I would say that was the only hard part about being a teenager. You know, sometimes your friends don't understand. Sometimes you can't hang out. You know, you have ministry to do, which is kind of crazy to say like 15, you're not nobody's pastor, but at the same time, <laughs> leading a group, you know, especially of young adults or teenagers that are maturing, that's a lot to deal with. <laughs> um, you mm-hmm. know, everybody's in those teenage years, everybody has difference of opinions or um, you know, attitudes, let's just, you know, go on and say it. Um, but you know, it, it's like I said, you're not nobody's pastor, but you're still a leader and it forces you to mature and grow. And even though you may not get along with people, you have to learn how to sit down with people and see where their mind is at and, you know, kind of be able to correct them, um, as well. So, yeah. Thank you, sir. And, and being that type of leader at, at such a young age, and I, I want to go into kind of staying on the group, but so now you're the leader. Yes, you have other voices. Uh, you have musicians. I'm sure they have their ideas. But I've, you know, look, looking at some of your albums and music, I've seen the stuff that you have written. I'm assuming with you being a keyboard, organ, piano player, you've arranged some of the music. What is your creative process? How do you begin to sit down and just write music? How do you begin to put the melodies and the tones together and if anybody listen has ever watched uh, one of Nate Martin and Science shows, you're going to get music. You're going to get some great singing. You're going to get some some nice dance moves, some choreography, all this stuff. How do you begin to put all of that together to know what parts you want everybody to, to sing, the crescendos and all this stuff? Now, trust me, 
I've been in band and music my whole life. I don't know all the terminology like I used to, but to know that you're responsible for all of that. And I know you can hear when somebody's flat, when somebody's sharp, when you ain't singing it the way that I envision it, when the keyboardist ain't hitting them notes right, when the drummer may be on top of the beat, ahead of the beat. How do you put your mind together to see all that? And like I said, if you've ever seen his shows or heard his music, how do you sit down and begin to say, I'm going to put a whole song, a whole set list together? What is your process to become that creative and to get to those songs, the music and everything that you have when you put it together and you've done albums, you've done shows. I, I see the things you post on social media. People are yet calling for Dave Barton and sign to come sing at their events. What is your creative process or how do you put it all together? Um, One thing I will say is that I can't, I'm not one of those songwriters that can write on the spot. So I can't wake up and be like, oh, I want to write a song or someone asked me to write a song. It has to literally be given to me um, in that moment. I think that's what makes the music so special is that, um, you know, I'm not trying the Lord just gives it to me in the timing that he's supposed Come to give on, it to sir. me. And <laughs> it doesn't, um, you know, it's, and it's not hard because it's when it's given to you like that, it just flows. It's kind of just like um, King of the Wild, for example. I was, you know, just singing one day um, and around the house right before the pandemic, actually, and didn't know that the wildest thing that we probably would experience in our lifetime was getting ready to happen in a few weeks. Um, I want to say the end of February or early March 2020, right before it shut down. And, um, I just went to my keyboard and I started to write the words and I just never stopped. Like it just, you know, it was definitely influenced like by the Holy Spirit for sure. Um, Cause I know I couldn't have did that on my own. I would have been thinking, hey, what rounds with this word? But it was just, I was just writing it out. You know, like somebody was just speaking the words and the song and the melody and the parts in my ear. Um, and once I get done, you know, writing, I always go back and listen to it. Then I'll, um, I'll jump on my computer and I'll, um, track it all out like the keyboard part and then i'll go back and record all the voice parts so i remember this is what the soprano note is this is what the alto note and the tenor note is i'll do like a rough draft of my uh lead as well and then a lot of times i'll send that to the band and the singers and be like we're gonna do this you know in rehearsal let's listen to it and 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 we the group has been together so long um even though it's not all the same people a lot of them have been there for uh, I think everybody's been there for at least four plus years. So over half the time the group has been together. And, you know, by us also being friends, spending extra time outside of, you know, ministry and singing with each other, we know each other. We know each other's emotions mm -hmm. and thoughts. So it's easy to, you know, just be connected and on one accord. Um, and, you know, just kind of, we say it's a vibe. That's that's really what it is. Like we know mentally where everybody's going. And I think that's what also makes the group's anointing even greater. We have a connection on a friendship level we're able to give each other advice and you know correct each other if if needed um after i mean and as far as like putting sets together i think it's not that hard sometimes uh sometimes i go back and forth on what i want to sing like before an engagement i was talking about them on tiktok the other day i'm like they're they're always asking what the songs are and sometimes i'll you know write down what i want to sing and right when we get up there i'm like you know what we're going to sing something else. <laughs> and I think that they're kind of, they're kind of used to that by now. I just tell them literally just be prepared for anything. Um, and especially, you know, getting, sometimes getting to the service may be different. You're like, okay, this church, I see the atmosphere is like this and, or this song will work better. Um, in this case, there, they might be an older church. So we might need to sing something a little more traditional for this, or, um, they just did a lot of heavy music. So let's kind of, you know, you know, you just kind of know what to, what to do next and how to, how to put things together. Um, but you have to be, tentative you know or just i want to say aware of how the spirit is moving and um where where the music needs to go and what your assignment is specifically for that church that ministry that event or that festival whatever it may be okay wonderful wonderful thank you sir you make it sound so smooth so so, so simple no it's not <laughs> but <laughs> no but that, that's a good thing you know you get you have your process even how you said uh I thank you for how you said when you sat down and did the King of the Wild song that you know it wasn't nothing but the Holy Ghost. And, and that's 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 powerful. One thing, I'm, I'm a little old school. Um, I can tell when people are sampling a lot of different uh, music. Uh, one thing I believe about some artists in this generation, whether secular or gospel, I said, especially in gospel, I believe God is a creator of things. And I ultimately believe that if he has empowered you with a gift to sing, create music, that really, when you tap into the spirit, you don't have to bite off nobody, a sample of nobody. He's a creator. He's yet creating in us. So everything you create 
your near about sound original. I know it's a few little keys here and that, and I'm not saying you in particular, but for you to say that that it wasn't nothing but the Holy Ghost, that just struck something in me. Could that mean that God, you were creating something fresh in Him, just some that ain't been heard? When I first heard King of the Wild, I was like, "Is Nate in the jungle or something?" But now to hear you explain where it came from, I'm like, I see it now. As I hear the song in my ears, I'm like, that's why he wrote it. I'm like, okay, I get it now. And it's a blessing to hear you say that, that it was inspired because some of this music you hear, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's a person. I, I hear certain notes. I'd be like, wait a minute. You done pulled back in the 70s and sample some of them. I ain't mad that it got a nice beat tune to it. But I just believe when it comes to God and gospel, like, Lord, you're the creator of all things. So we should constantly, you should be creating and giving us stuff. So when I listen to gospel music, I want to hear something so fresh because I just trust that if you've been led by the spirit to create that music, it should be like something I've never heard before. And I can truly say that about your music. I don't hear your music sounding like anybody else from, from what I'm listening to. I can't say, oh, Nate, sample this song okay he pulled this verse from here he bit off this person it, it really like to me you have your own style that i know that is nate martin and sign is when i hear music it's that's nate martin I, I don't think about nobody else so i can appreciate about that about you. even when you said you, you fasted for two weeks seeking god lord that's powerful man you don't hear a lot of young people saying that so to me you're really seeking god when it comes to your music when it comes to writing all that and that's that's just powerful because you just don't hear that. And we know that all gifts, talents, it all comes from every good and perfect gift. It comes from him and it comes from the fathers of lights. But to know that, God, you gave me this gift. But in order for me to continue to create, to continue to impact, I got to fast. I got to pray. I got to seek you. I'm not just going off last year's anointing. Like you said, you meet every November to put together. Y'all, this is our outlook for the man. And you 21. Sir, you don't hear that too often in this young generation, but I thank God for you and that you're putting God into every part of your music. I, I So far, I'm not hearing nothing. Now that I was looking for it, I'm not hearing there is no place where you don't put God. So thank you for sharing on the level that you have, because I, I mean, I got a few more questions, but I've already been blessed enough. I mean, I could almost shut it down right here. You, you got me over here. I'm just excited because I love to see young people your age and younger living for God and what they're doing. God is backing all of it. So thank you for, for just sharing and giving us this interview on this level because it is powerful. So whether you know it or not, I believe it's very, very powerful. Thank you. Now, when you, when you talk about your group, you said the vibe. Now, we know groups. You know, groups change members. Groups have their challenges. You said as a young teenager, you handling a lot of maturity, different emotions. How have you dealt with the challenges of having a group? Because you being the lead, you know, you, you may be coming in with a mindset. We finna do this practice. People come in playing, joking. I, I've seen it back in my days when I was in the choir. You People weren't always serious. I ain't going to get into how organists used to get on us, which <laughs> – when she was hot, when we was playing too much. So how have you dealt with the challenges of when, when people may not take it as serious as you, when group members come and go and leave, or when you got to put it all together and, and being young, you got your own stuff you got to do. How have you dealt with all the challenges of keeping a group together and just everything that comes with it? Um, I'll, First, I would say communication is really key. Um. And you don't ever want to make anybody feel, you know, called out or embarrassed. Mm. So um, definitely if there's an issue, I'm not I do not like being like having to confront people at all. Um, <laughs> I just I like being liked. So I, and for like for the first few years, that's that's really where I was at, just because we were so young, you know, and I, you know, sometimes when you first start out, you're like, I just have to keep this together. I don't want to say anything wrong to anybody. I don't want them, you know, leave or anything. As you get older, it's kind of like it's better to have people with the right spirit than to just be mm. keeping people to keep people. There you um, go. I've actually never had to kick anybody out. Praise God. Um, a lot of times if there is an issue, people will leave on their own and, you know, they will always, uh, I'll always at least strive for a conversation to be had so that nobody's leaving on, you know, bad terms or anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Um, like I said, now 
I'm kind of getting more in the mindset of, you know, even if um, th- this is not the ministry for you or, or we're not, you know, agreeing or whatever, there there should be some type of understanding where, you know, I, I can be mature enough or respect you enough to have a conversation with you um, to make sure that you don't bring that to anybody else's ministry either, because all, all ministries have the same goal. And that's, you know, to bring everybody to Christ. Um, so, yeah, I mean. It's, it's a big responsibility, especially when they're your friends. And I think that's what makes it like sometimes the hardest part. But um, it's not, you know, being little like like I said, we're more mature. We're older now. So we don't really have too many issues like that. Um, and it's not anything that we can't talk through. Like I said, because we're friends, we know whatever we say to each other can be taken in love. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, like like I said, in high school, when. People are offended by everything. It's it's not like that anymore. So <laughs> praise God. But I'm not saying everything is perfect either. It's trust me, it's not. I lived with these people for 23 <laughs> days on this on this tour um a few months ago. But but um when you you know it's easy, it's not easy, but it's easier when you when you know what you're doing it for and you see the people that you're impacting. So like for example, when we were on tour, whatever happened before we got on that stage does not matter anymore because now we're seeing the love of hundreds of people that came to see us because they don't mm-hmm. have, they don't experience God in this way in their country. So, come on, sir. and it was just always come together. It, it always comes together. Seven years later, that's what I can say is that it always comes together. <laughs> so, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing with us also with that about the group. So that that's good. I, I think you've done well with the impact that you all have. I think you've done an excellent job. Now, I, I just want to get into this for a second. Many of us know who uh, Dr. Charles Jenkins is. Um, he's very impactful in the gospel community just in this world period with his music. Uh, even some people, like you say, they may not go to church, but they know Dr. Charles Jenkins. You have had not only the time, I'm sure, to sit at his feet and learn from him. Uh, if people watch closely, you have sang with him. You've been on tour with him. I see you in his uh, videos. What type of impact has it been on your life? Just I, if you want to touch naturally, spiritually, whatever you want to touch to sit up under someone like that, not only as a musical guide teacher, but also as a pastor, how much has this man of God impacted your life as you continue to go through your, your musical journey? And you could talk about anything because I just think it's a blessing when to have somebody like that close. I'm sure that's somebody you could pick up the phone and call and have a regular conversation with. And I think that's powerful to have that impact in your life. So what, how has that blessed you? How has that impacted your life to be up under Dr. Charles Jenkins? Um, meeting him that I just, I'm going to give it briefly to you, but just that especially was such a God move. Um, I went to fellowship just to visit with my dad one Sunday morning randomly in, uh, July, 2017. I was still a member at my old church, but we were a little early. So, you know, we were like, we're going to go to, well, he asked me, does there any church you want to visit before we go to, you know, uh, our, our church that we're member that we're, we were a member of, he's still a member there. And I was like, I don't know why fellowship just popped in my mind, but, and I promise you that day I had no clue that I would be a member there now. And uh, we went and we went to their 10, 15 service, I believe it was. And we sat in the balcony. Um, and after that, I was, I mean, I sat in there and I just, I had never seen church like that ever. Um, you know, I'm big on the arts. I love creative arts. So just to see dancers express themselves in church and, uh media even being portrayed as an art and lighting you know being lighting is a ministry sound is i think a lot of people see that as that's just what it is but pastor jenkins he's such a visionary and he's such a creative that he knows how to um put all that together and he's even said recently when we go on tour he brings dancers and i'm talking about praising like it's actual choreography like those types of dancers and he said that when he was becoming pastor um you know, a lot of churches, we have music ministries where there are singers, but there were dancers that came up to him that were young. They were like, there's no place for us in church. And although a lot of people see that um, the dancers sometimes on the stage a lot, um, we see it as, wow, he's really including another form of ministry or art that has never, that, that feels out of place in a lot of churches. Um, a lot of people think that if you're a dancer, you have, you have to be a praise dancer or a mime, but you know, there. I, I believe that God has multiple expressions, and I, I think that Pastor Jenkins definitely includes that in everything that he does, um, especially young people. Um, and so, from there, when we when I went to the church after that, I was like, I'm ready to join. And I'm I'm 16, and my parents looked at me like, 
absolutely not because we didn't know anybody else there. You know, it was just, we just went there because I said I wanted to go there that morning. Mm-hmm. And um, later on that year, uh, I want to say around December or January, there was a church that I was playing for once a month and they were looking for a full-time musician, but they started at the same time as my home church did. And I'm like, well, mom, I need a job and I really can't work during the week. So I'm like, if I accept this offer to play for them full time, can I join fellowship? And after like six months, finally, my parents agreed to let me go to the Lord, set it up where I had that job offer, which thankfully conflicted with my other church time <laughs> so that uh, I could join fellowship. And I had already said it in my mind. Um, well, I want to say when they first had told me, no, I was very disappointed because I'm like, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't think that you would show me something that that, you know, wasn't meant for me. Um, so, you know, I just had to pray and just, you know, not really worry about it for those six months or whatever. And when I was finally able to join, I told myself, I'm like, you know, I didn't want to have high expectations because fellowship is a church with greatness, you know, all around. And I'm like, there are singers in there everywhere. There's somebody that can, you know, can, that can do everything. So I had, you know, I eventually wanted to get involved in the choir and the praise team or whatever, but I didn't want it to be like, well, I'm going to be the next, you know, big singer there or whatever, because one, that's not why I joined. <laughs> mm-hmm. And two, um, you know, that just kind of, if you go, you know, into anything with that mindset that you're not going to be the top thing there, which of course in church, that's never the goal, but just, you know, it just, you you avoid a lot of disappointment, you know, just knowing your place. Um, and I think that's important, you know, joining anybody's church and this is kind of off subject, but I think a lot of people church hop because they don't really know their place, you know, for that church or what their assignment on, is supposed that's to good. be in that ministry. Um, and so I served there on the praise or whatever. And I believe later on in 2018, I had asked my minister of music about being a praise and worship leader. And, you know, they were fully, you know, kind of staffed already with the praise and worship leaders. There's only four Sundays, sometimes five in a month. And, you know, if you get any more worship leaders than that, you know, a lot of people don't get to sing often. So they were pretty much stuck to who they had. And I'm like, you know, that's that's fine. And uh, actually one of the worship leaders shortly after I asked that was moving to Los Angeles. So I was able to actually step in and, um, it's, it really has lined itself up. And so once pastor saw that I could sing uh, the first Sunday, you know, he was like, man, wow, that was amazing. And a few months after that, he was like, um, I want to take you on tour. And I'm like, okay, you know, people just, people just talk, <laughs> you know, um, you know, a lot of people, and I, I will say for sure over the last seven years, having a group, a lot of people say, Hey, I want you to be a part of this. And it just never followed through. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I believe him that I'm like, you know, he has a lot on his plate. So, you know, he might forget that same week. I got an email confirmation for my flight and my hotel and everything. And since then I've been doing uh background vocals in the studio on the road with him. We've been some, some of everywhere around the country and um, being under, you know, of course being on his pastoral leadership gave me that spiritual boost that I needed because a lot of times in my case, I was at a church that I was in because my family went there. So I don't think um, after a certain point that I was really growing because one, that's not where God really wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, two, because I was, you know, I was just there because my family was there. That's what I knew that was comfortable. And um, I know I do believe that family should go to church together. I don't want to say that. Um, I believe everybody should, you know, be under the same leader for, for in, in most cases. But um, for whatever reason, the Lord told me to go alone to a church where I knew absolutely nobody at, um, at the age of 16 so that I could be spiritually fed. Um, and I had just started a group at that time. So I needed a leader that knew where I needed to go spiritually and musically at the same time. So I thank God for that. And I think I came at the, I know I came at the perfect time because, you know, shortly after he retired and I was still able to keep that relationship with him um, and learn under him, even now that um, he's living in Los Angeles now, um, still able to, you know, connect with him, talk to him, get, you know, the advice that I need. Um, he's definitely a musical genius. I've had so many opportunities mm-hmm. under him. Um, I've been able to meet people, take pictures with people, talk to people that I never would have been able to meet on my own. Um, Shirley Caesar, for example, I was able to just walk in her office and, and with him. And she was like, I remember you, you're his son. He was like, no, that's not my biological son, but that's like my godson." And so she was just, you know, talking to me and she basically prophesied to me, told me that everything that, you know, pretty much everything the Lord is going to give me is going to pretty much come through him. And this was, uh, May of last year. So I'm, I'm just grateful for the opportunities that I've had under him, the people I've been able to meet, um, the the questions I've been able to ask, um, 
And yes, yeah, it's, it's been it's been amazing. I've only known him for what I joined in 2018. I joined Top of 2018. So it hasn't been long, but any amount of time with him feels like, you know, uh, a lifetime. And um, not only him, when I joined the church, I had, like I said, uh, at the perfect time, I had the opportunity to meet, um, call her my grandmother, um, Dr. Ludella Evans-Reed, the sister of our founder, Reverend mm-hmm. Clay Evans. And I um, I was actually able to, a lot of people don't know, I was able to spend a lot of time with him Um the last two years of his life, I would visit him. Me and Brendan, my best friend, would visit him, if not every month, every other month, and just get wisdom from. I believe he was 92, 93 at the time. Um, that's a lot of wisdom to get. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was able to talk to my mentor, Pastor Charles Jenkins, and his mentor, uh, Reverend Clay Evans, as well. So I've, I've just said, I told everybody I've had the best of both worlds. And then now with uh, Pastor Sharp as well, it's just it's been an amazing journey. Wow, sir. Wonderful. And I see. I had one more question, but I want to take another one real quick. Uh, for you to tell that story at sixteen, you know, mom, I don't go to another church. I would never thought of that at sixteen. I yeah. knew that if I was ever going to go to a different church, it was going to happen after I graduated out of high school. Because back in my day, you make your own decision once you're eighteen. Yeah. So, what has it meant to you to have the support of your family and your parents because it, it's worked out for you? And as you said. You believe God was leading you. And I know it's unconventional to what we're used to being around. If our family go here, you don't make the decision about where you're going to go. And some people, even into their adult years, will be um, have be alleged or have allegiance to a certain ministry because this is where my family went. And I asked her because I have a friend of mine. Uh, she has a father that's a pastor. Planet grew. But I, when I last talked to her, she was like, I'm in another church. Like, you ain't with your dad no more? She said, I grew it. It was God was leading me a, a whole nother way. And you just don't hear that too often. That hit you at 16. So it obviously God led you in the right place. But what has it meant for your family to steal for you to kind of go out the box and do what wasn't what we're most what we're used to seeing growing up in church? Mm-hmm. How has that impacted your life that even though he's not where we're at, we still see God moving in his life and we're going to support him? How important has that been for you? Um, it's been extremely important. Having the support of your family is, I think, number one, because those are people that you spend, you know, that's that's who you come home to every day. Um, that's who you wake up, you know, you have conversations with. So it's it's always recommended <laughs> to keep a great relationship with the people that you're in the house with. Yes, um, sir. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's like I said, it's meant everything. Um, I'm super grateful. And although at, at the beginning, you know, um, there was a different set of opinions as, as far as the church, whatever. But even as far as starting my group, um, you know, when I was two weeks away from my 15th birthday, I was two or three weeks away from my 15th birthday when I started the group. I didn't have a license. Um, of course, I wasn't old enough to drive. So having, you know, aunties and my mom and my dad be able to take me to place that I need to go to sing, you know. Um, now looking back, I haven't even thought about what sign was like before we all had cars in a minute. Um, and then, you know, they didn't have to always just give me a ride. Sometimes we would have to pick other people up as well because we were all young and, you know, um, mm-hmm. it took, you know, everybody to, to do that. And it wasn't just my parents. There were some other parents of the group members as well. Um, and that support means everything as a kid, because a lot of people will and did see us as just kids or, you know, just something we were doing at the time. Um, I'm, I don't know if my parents thought that we would be overseas, you know, within 10 years of starting a group. I know I really didn't, um, even at the top of last year, that wasn't, and you know, I told you that we do a vision meeting every November that wasn't in the vision that, that just came to us last summer. Um, and they, they've just been extremely supportive. Um, even with the tour, I had to miss Christmas and new year's last year. That was my mm-hmm. first, those were my first holidays without my family. Um, and yes, I missed them, but I'm sorry. I was going on that tour one way or another. <laughs> um, but I did talk to them and everything. And they were they're always expressing that they're proud. And, um, you know, I think that they see, even though they might have seen it in the beginning, that um, everything for my life has been, you know, already laid out for me. So it's just, even if it doesn't look uh, like you said, traditional, um, we just have to trust God's plan as a family. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure when I turned 16, I was able to have my license. My, my parents were concerned about me, you know, driving to different parts of the city, you know, living in Chicago, you can't just drive anywhere at any time of day. Mm-hmm. And some of these church services, you know, were at night. So it, it just takes prayer and, and, um, trusting God. And then their, their support has meant, like I said, everything in, in this journey. Wonderful. So thank you. Family is very important. As you recommended, 
You want to keep our good graces with our family, Absolutely. the people you live with. <laughs> Definitely got to have that. Uh, last question, sir. What What is your vision and the impact? I know you said you didn't get to do your vision as you wanted to in November, and but God has blessed you uh, to that tour. Like you said, your mind was on that, and every video that I saw, everything that I've heard from that tour was was wonderful. And you all truly bless um, those people out there in Europe and all the places you travel. But what is the impact and the vision that you want to make through gospel music as you continue to go forward? The impact that I really want to make would to be to get out of the norm. Um, and I know sometimes that can be a little scary because um, we can be we black people and church people together can be stuck in tradition a lot. Um, and I think in order to reach the generation that is coming up um, right now, it's going to take some new ideas. You know, um, I'm, I'm still uh, I still believe that, you know, the Bible is right. We have to, you know, preach the Bible, preach Jesus. Um, we don't you know, we don't have to take anything away from those things. Um, those things will always, you know, remain the same. But I just think that it's always important that we think of new ways. You know, people are tired of the same things that we've been doing for decades and decades and decades um, <laughs> that we've been doing, I mean, for years. Um, so, and, and even going back to sitting at, you know, fellowship, what's carried my church through for, uh, this is 2023, which will be 73 years of a church this year. A lot of churches don't even make seven or three. <laughs> so to see Come on, 73 years, um, what what's kept us going is do things doing things that were out of the norm reverend evans a lot of people don't know was not you know really respected or liked in his early years he started the fellowship at 25 um and he was one of the first ones to i think he was he's accredited to having the first to um ordaining ordaining the first female minister in the baptist church in chicago they didn't like him for that um they he was one of the first baptist churches to also put a drum set in the church they thought that was too you know, um, too worldly or too secular, like to put those types of instruments in the church. And then on, um, if you ever see the shape of my church, it's like, it's not, you know, typical four walls. And it's kind of like a, it's shaped like a, it has six, six sides. I don't know what, what that one, I know it's not octagon, but whatever the six size is, yeah, the building, hexagon, hexagon uh, the building isn't even a traditional shape. And they kind of talked about about that. It had to be a certain way. I just think that in order to get, um, you know, people in, maybe not even in church, you know, the, the pandemic has taught us that people are going to be more impacted through media now than they ever will be in church. I think a lot of churches have more members virtually than, than we can fit um, in the building. So that's, that's really my, my goal. Um, my impact that I want to have is to, of course, do the music, of course, do the tours, of course, be at the award shows, uh, hopefully the stellar awards and the Grammy soon. Um, those things are nice, but the Bible also says to keep you seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other mm -hmm. things to be added, you know, onto you. So I think that if we seek first the kingdom of God and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to do things that are of God, of course, um, but are also creative and innovative that people may not have seen to reach people um that may not, you know, be in church like we talked about earlier or just interested in faith. Um, I hope to be especially in my younger years right now to be that face to younger people that are coming up because this is the time where faith is the most important because I'm, I feel like it's harder to try to get to, to you know, make somebody, not make somebody to uh, talk to somebody about becoming a believer, you know, later on as you've already, if you've spent 40 years, 50 years without God, why should I, you know, spend the last 10, 20, 30, you know, with him or whatever. So if I can Ooh, get them now, at these ages, you know, at Salk from fourth to sixth grade and Marion in, in the high school years, I think that that'll be the greatest impact. Of course, like I said, the albums, the music, all that is great. But if it's, you know, not touching the people or reaching anybody, have you really done anything? So I, I, I want to do both. That's that's the impact I want to have musically and spiritually. I don't um, I'm not trying to call anybody out or anything, but I don't really see a lot of artists um, or gospel artists these days really going into the areas that matter the most. I see them being booked, you know, for churches and stuff, which they have to do because that's how we're going to make a living, you know? So um, maybe I'm going to see that as I get older, that a lot of my time might have to be more devoted to how I'm going to support, you know, my family and myself. Um, but now that I have the time to to do both, I definitely want to do both and make that impact on the generation that's coming up. And um, secondly, 
real quick the the next impact that I, I think that um, I see myself really being involved in right now is bridging the gap between traditional and contemporary. Um, going mm-hmm. to fellowship definitely, and I keep going back, but they're just making me so strong because of a church that's been around that long. You have to minister to twenty year olds and eighty year olds, and what they both like musically can be completely different. And um, I, I think that I've found a great way to tie uh, the, you know, sing music that that'll reach both. Because a lot of a lot of times, if you don't look a way that people think that you should look or sing the songs, they'll kind of shut you out. They won't even hear what you're saying. If you're singing a song, if you know from 2022, um, no matter how good or inspirational or impactful it may be, um, some 70 year old may not like that, you know, and vice mm-hmm. versa because it doesn't sound like what they're used to, but. I think that myself um, leading praise and worship there has made me stronger, you know, to reach those people of those different age ranges, even with the group um, to just to, to just get rid of that division in gospel music that there's traditional and contemporary. No, we can, you know, definitely come together. If you um, start singing out a, a contemporary song and with a hymn or something that everybody knows that'll include the older generation as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, those, those are, those are impacts that I'm, I'm trying to make. And then I'll say lastly, uh, education wise, I'm getting um, more into music education. Um, we're in conversation with the group. Um, I know I didn't have the vision ready in November as usual. So in January or February, we talked about um, starting a scholarship for undergrad and graduate music students. Um, that are African-American that may not have the um, the tools or resources to go to school for music. Cause a lot of times we'll be told, you know, music may not be a real career or you may not, you know, get the money that mm-hmm. you need to support yourself in that. And then also we've, we've been talking about uh, starting a grant for Chicago based gospel artists that may be young. Um, cause we started, we didn't have anybody backing us. And I was telling them, you know, what if there was a, you know, fund or a grant when we were 15, 16, 17, that we could have, use $200 to do a photo shoot for professional pictures or on, to get right. a website or something. So we're, we're in talks of doing that. I'm, I'm definitely, like you said, it's definitely getting more ministry sided as well as music. Um, it's getting busier, but thankfully we have people that are interested in helping us and stuff. And of course we're always looking for help in those areas. Um, I'm, I, you see my face, I'm the leader, but I don't do everything on my own. Um, yeah, it takes a team. So mm-hmm. thankfully for my group members and, and for, our manager right now, Brendan, who's helping with a lot of stuff as well, because my mind is horrible. So I have to write everything down or Brendan has to remind me, like, you know, remember you have to. I'm like, OK, thank you. So, um, yeah, those are things that we're doing, trying to impact the community, our church um, and, yeah, the community at large. Wonderful, sir. Well, Brother Nate, sir, I have been blessed. I know I have been inspired uh, with this interview with you. I've I've known you. We, we were blessed at Christian Family Worship Center under our leadership of Pastor Xavier and Pastor Latanya Menzies. Um, our pastor's daughter, Tayana Menz, is a member of his group. They went to high school together. So we got to have Nate for a little bit of while when the pandemic was going on, blessing us in song, blessing us with his music. And, sir, I have learned so much about you in this small amount of time. And I, I believe that the favor and the hand of God is on your life. And I'm praying many blessings upon you and um, sign. And, and before you pray us out, please, if you all listen to this, whether you're watching it on my Facebook, my YouTube, if you go to the New Beginnings podcast, with Jay Jackson uh, streaming on everywhere, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio. That's why I'm streaming it. Please hear the name, The Incomparable. Don't type in Incomparable. It's just Nate Martin and Sign, but that's what we like to call him. This young man, you can follow him on Facebook, Instagram. You can follow him on YouTube, TikTok. Go to that YouTube. See the videos and the recordings they've done live. Listen to the music from the tour. I promise you, you will be blessed and you will feel the spirit of God in the music. Stream his music on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, anywhere where streaming is available. Go for Nate Martin and sign. If you put Nate Martin and sign in Google, everything will pop up for them. I promise you it will. I want you all to support this young man in any way that you can. And, sir, before you pray us out, can you tell us what's coming up next to sign? Is there anywhere you all are going to be booked, singing where people can see you live? We know they're going to stream you, follow you, hopefully. I definitely, as people hear us do this interview, I want them to go follow you. But what's coming up next for sign that we need to be in the know about? Um, as I mentioned earlier, we recorded King of the Wild 2 at uh, Lincoln Park Zoo last year. So there's another uh, part to the last album that's coming. Uh, I don't even know when. I'm not even going to try to lie to y'all and tell y'all. <laughs> um, but the, we are working on the project right now. 
that's coming up. Of course, we're um, going to get started on that scholarship and that grant next. Um, we have some stuff coming up. I'm graduating, so kind of like cut back on some of the um, events that we've been doing just a little bit um, just to make sure, you know, I have my things together uh, next. Well, of course, when we graduate, I'm doing my senior recital Friday, April 21st at uh, Columbia College Chicago and that flyers on my social media. Um, we'll also be singing for uh, Pastor Vincent Bohan and his Atlanta choirs having their uh, anniversary this year in Chicago. So I'm pretty sure that um, graphic will be out soon as well. Um, y'all know y'all can find me um, at Fellowship Chicago. I didn't mention it, but I'm also the young adult choir director there. So once a month, um, I'm leading right. another ministry aside from sign that I have the choir there as well that I uh, co-lead with our first lady, Brianna Sharp. So um, there's a lot of stuff coming up with them as well. But of course, I always post everything, so anything can always be found on my Facebook, Instagram. Uh, those are two platforms I, I mostly use, and our and our website as well. So that's that's what's coming up. Wonderful, thank you, sir. And if you don't mind, you close us out with a word of prayer. Yes, uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this podcast, Lord. I ask that you would increase uh, his territory and be able to reach more listeners than he ever expected. Lord, I ask that you would uh, let this interview and these podcasts. Um, previous ones and this one and the rest of them that they would bless somebody and uh, lead somebody to Christ or lead somebody back to Christ and uh, Lord help us to be help us to preach through the pulpit of our lives and uh, know that it does have to be over the professional pulpit of the church help us to take those things that the pastor and uh, the ministers and the elders and leaders teach us throughout the week through Bible study and through through uh through Sunday morning service or even the things that we learn or get through choir rehearsal or music, Lord, help us to take that to the world and beyond. Increase our territory and, and allow us to minister to people that we never would imagine that we would reach. And we pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Brother Nate. Thank you to all the listeners out there. Um, this is uh, Jermaine Jackson signing off Covenant Conversations. Until next time, I love you with the love of Christ. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. And once again, follow this brother on everything possible, support everything that he does. And you will not be disappointed by the music ministry of Nate Martin and Sign. God bless you and have a great one.